0: All right, y'all can be seated now. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Also find your place in Joshua chapter number 6. Hebrews 11 and Joshua chapter number 6. Let me read verse number 29 again if I could. We saw that Sunday morning. But I, I want to I see if you notice anything in verses 29 and 30. If anything just jumps out at you. Verse 29 says, By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, a to do, were drowned. And then verse 30, this will be our, our text tonight, right here in Joshua chapter number 6. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down, after they were compassed about 7 days anything jump out at you between kind of between those two verses it was it was it was um, like the and then the walls, it wasn't. okay that's good that's not what i'm getting at but that's good <laughs> not people but objects the See in verse 29, the walls in verse 30. Excuse me, 30. Anything else? Anything jump out at you? Don't miss the fact that from verse 29 to verse 30, Hebrews 11 goes directly from the crossing of the Red Sea to the conquest at Jericho. There's a lot of time skipped in there, isn't there? About how much time? About 40 years. Why? Because there wasn't a whole lot of faith in the wilderness, was there? That's not the message tonight, but don't miss that. And don't miss this. This is the most important thing. Even in the wilderness, when God's people, when the nation of Israel was unfaithful, God still took care of them. Did he not? Absolutely did. He was gracious and merciful even in the midst of their unfaithfulness. Because God is God, He he doesn't change who He is based upon how we act. Now, we do that sometimes, don't we? You want to treat me that way? All right. You're just dead to me. We, We do that sometimes, don't we? You, you want to be mean to me? You want to treat me like that? Well, okay. But that's not how God works. We're unfaithful many, many times. But God is still gracious and God is still merciful and God is still faithful. He's just who He is and that's who He is. But verse number 30, the Bible says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. Then look at Joshua chapter number 6. Joshua chapter number 6 verse number 1. The Bible says now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go around, excuse me, go round about the city once, thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. Horns, and the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times, and the priest shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him." The Jericho accounts, what we're going to look at tonight, is probably one of those favorites of all of the grand stories in the Old Testament. And I submit to us tonight that it is so because we as finite human beings do not understand it. We don't comprehend it. We can't fix our minds around it. Even the most spiritual believer in this room tonight doesn't always understand what God is doing and how He is working. right? Because we're not God. We may be spiritual. We may be right with God. We may be uh, maturing and growing in God, but we're not God. And we don't always understand what He is doing. We don't understand always understand how He is, excuse me, how He is working. And that is one of the wonderful aspects of the life of the child of God. We don't have to understand. We simply have to trust. We don't have to understand. By the way, we drive ourselves crazy sometimes trying to understand everything. I don't have to understand it all, I just have to trust it. Let me give you a quote. I'm going to give you a quote. From Oliver B. Green, and this is from his commentary on the book of Hebrews. The epistle of Paul to the Hebrews, that's his commentary. Oliver B. Green, any of you know who Oliver B. Green was? Some of you do. My daddy used to listen to him all the time. We'd be coming home on Sunday nights or Wednesday night after church and sometimes it'd just be me and him or me and my brother and him and he would always have Oliver B. Green on listening to him preach. Listen to this quote. There is no limit to God's power. Okay, we know that. There is no limit to what He will do in honor of our faith in His Word. There is no limit to God's power. And there is no limit to what He will do in honor of our faith in His Word. And as much as we give the nation of Israel a hard time because of their unbelief on many occasions, as we have worked our way through Hebrews chapter 11 and especially these last several verses speaking about Moses and then uh, tonight as we look at Jericho and Joshua, it wasn't just Moses who had faith to go through the Red Sea and it wasn't just Joshua who had faith to defeat Jericho, it was the people. It was the nation of Israel. The Bible says in verse number twenty-nine of Hebrews eleven, by faith they passed through the Red Sea. Verse number, excuse me, verse number thirty. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they. Now that's speaking of the walls after they were compassed about seven days. But it was the nation of Israel, or at least the the, uh, the, the soldiers that went around the um, the walls of Jericho. It wasn't just Joshua. It wasn't just Moses. Was the entirety of the nation of Israel. But tonight, I want for the next few moments to preach to us on this subject. The Bible says there in Hebrews 11 and verse number 30 by faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. What does the word compassed mean? Say it again. Surrounding, what did you say, Michelle? Surrounding. It carries the idea, yes, of surrounding. It carries the idea of a circuit. It carries the idea of a circle. And so tonight I want to preach to you for the next few minutes on this subject. When God leads us in circles. When God leads us in circles. Father, help us tonight. Teach us, remind us. Father, may we be reminded once again tonight. In our finite minds, we many, many, many times do not understand how you are working in a situation. It's not that you're trying to hide things from us. It's not that you're trying to be secretive. But Lord, you just want us to trust you. It's no different for Joshua and the nation of Israel marching around a walled city seven days in a row. No different for them than it is for us. Sometimes you ask us to do do some things that are perplexing. They seem strange to us, especially in the day and time in which we live. But Lord, we don't have to understand it. We don't have to explain it. I don't have to explain it to the naysayer or the unbeliever. I just have to trust it. So Lord, tonight I pray that You'd remind us of that. Help us as we go through Joshua chapter 6. Father, I pray that we would leave here different tonight, strengthened in our trust For you tonight and we'll thank you and praise you for it. And We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Joshua chapter number 6. Let me give us three truths that we find here in Joshua 6. and We'll develop those a little bit tonight. I want us to see first of all tonight that there are strongholds which must be overthrown. There are strongholds which must be overthrown. That's what we find in verses 1 and 2 of chapter number 6. The Bible says now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. He said, I have given into thine hand the city, Jericho. I have given into thine hand the king. I have given into thine hand the mighty men of valor. Now, do we remember in Numbers chapter 13 when Moses sent the spies out And they came back and ten gave the evil report and two gave the good. Do you remember what one of the things the ten said about the promised land? What was one of the things they said? Okay, they were like grasshoppers in the sight of the people. There are giants there. The the, the, um, people of Anak are there. The the giants are there. What else did they say? Let me read it in verse number 28. It said, Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Number one tonight, there are strongholds which must be overthrown. The nation of Israel, they're getting ready to go into the promised land. And look, the, the promised land, we've, we've said it many, many, many times, Canaan is not a picture of heaven. Canaan is a picture of the victorious Christian life. When I get to heaven one day, I'm not going to have to defeat seven warring nations when I get to heaven. So Canaan is not a picture of heaven. Canaan is a picture of the victorious Christian life and in the victorious Christian life and in the promised land, for the believer, for the Christian, there are strongholds, there are cities, there are giants, there are enemies that must and who must be overthrown. Two things about these strongholds and overthrowing these strongholds. First, we see the certainty. The certainty of the stronghold, but also the certainty of the victory. We find that in verse number 2. The certainty of the stronghold, there are going to be enemies, there are going to be walled cities, there are going to be giants in the land. And so that's one certainty, but also we have the certainty of victory. We already read it in verse number 2. He said... I have given. Hey Joshua, it's already already as if you have won. I have given into thine hand, what? Jericho, the king, and the mighty men of valor. And so first of all, we see the certainty, but secondly, we see the necessity. There are strongholds which must be Overthrown, the certainty, but secondly, the necessity. What was the necessity? Why was it so vital? Why was it so important that these cities, these strongholds, if you will, would be overthrown? Why why was it so important? Several things. First of all, for the possession of the land, that's why they're there. They're there to possess the promised land. They're not going to do it if they don't overthrow these enemies. The the Jebusites, the Girgashites, the the, the Hivites, they're not going to do it if they don't defeat these enemies. So first of all, the necessity, why it was so important? Because they were there to possess the land. The possession of the land. Every generation must advance. That's true for us today. Why is it so important that every generation defeat the enemy, defeat the stronghold, overthrow the enemy, overthrow the, the, the strongholds, in the abundant Christian life in the land of Canaan? Why? Because there's land to be possessed. And if one generation drops the ball, what does that mean for the next generation? Is you're going to have to fight harder. What does that mean? for the... What if there are two generations who drop the ball? That means we're leaving grandkids in a bind, aren't we? So, the possession of the land. Secondly, what was the necessity of defeating Jericho? Secondly, the salvation of Rahab. The salvation of Rahab. Remember the spies came in? Who helped them? Rahab, because she believed. She said, We've heard about your God. By the way, you know who the next, the next verse in Hebrews, you know who it's about? It's about Rahab. The necessity of overthrowing the strongholds, the possession of the land, the salvation of Rahab, and then thirdly, and probably most importantly, the glorification of the Lord. The possession of the land, the salvation of Rahab, and then the glorification of the, excuse me, of the Lord of God. Number one, there are strongholds which must be overthrown. Let me give you number two. I hesitate to move from that one because sometimes I fear that, that we forget that there are, we fight an enemy every day. We, we forget that. We're too comfortable. I'm thankful for comfort, I enjoy comfort. But in our 21st century American Christianity, we're way too comfortable. We, we, we fail many, many times. And when I say we, I'm not necessarily talking about us, although I know I do sometimes. We fail to engage the enemy every day. We get comfortable we get complacent. And before we know it, we've allowed the enemy to come not just to the door. We've allowed the enemy to come inside of the door. There are strongholds which must be overthrown. Number two, there is a Savior who must be obeyed. When God leads us in circles, and when we feel like we're walking in circles, keep obeying. Keep trusting. There are strongholds to be overthrown. How are we going to do it? By obeying the Savior. By obeying His Word, there are strongholds to be overthrown. Hey, teenagers tonight, there are strongholds to be overthrown. How are you going to do that? By obeying the Savior. See, we've got this idea, and again, I say we. I know I'm broad brush. I'm not necessarily talking about us. I'm just talking about Christianity as a whole. We have this idea that hey, I just you know I'll live the way I want to live, and then when I get in trouble, we'll just we'll find the magic wand to fix everything. No, 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 no. I need to be obedient to the Savior. There's the magic wand right there. It's no magic wand. It's there. We know it. But we just want something easy that's going to be a quick fix. No, no, no. There's a Savior who must be obeyed. And if I don't obey Him every step of the way, listen, Kay, if I don't obey Him every step of the way, I can't expect victory. Is that true or not? Now, you would say, well, Pastor, Jesus has already won the victory. I understand that. Jesus is already victorious. But in my personal Christian life, if I don't submit and obey the Savior every step of the way, and if I'm not walking on His perfect path, as we saw Sunday in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 29, if I'm not walking on that perfect path, then I'm not guaranteed His protection. The nation of Israel found that out many times, did they not? When God pulled His hand of protection away from them, why? Because of their disobedience. But we think, well, I can do this and I can live any way that I want and I can involve myself in this and I can ignore my kids and ignore training them. And, and as we talked about Sunday, Sunday night, well, pastor, that's good for you, but we're just not going to go that far in this Christianity thing. Can I tell you something? I don't go far enough. I don't go far enough. I'm just just not going to go that far. Why not? I think the passage Sunday night was a perfect example. Moses said, Pharaoh, I'm not giving you anything I'm not giving you my family. I'm not giving you my flocks. I'm not giving you the distance that I'm supposed to go. I'm supposed to go three days journey. I'm not going to stay in the land. I'm not going to worship and sacrifice in the land. Moses, I'm not compromising with you on anything. I'm not leaving a hoof behind. But yet, Christianity, American Christianity... oh. Yeah, we know about that pastor in that church over there. They're just a little, they just go a little too far. We'll never, ever, we'll never, ever know the victories in the promised land if we're not obedient and if we don't submit. By the way, if we could bring the nation of Israel back tonight, if we could bring some of the tribes back tonight and the leaders and the heads of some of the tribes, they'd tell us the very same thing. They would say, you know what? God told us to drive them all out, to, to utterly destroy, to overthrow, to utterly drive them out. God told us to do that and we didn't do it. And we ended up in sin. We ended up serving and worshiping their gods. God told us, God warned us, He he told us and he warned us over and over and over again. But we listened for a while and then, you know, we kind of got sidetracked. And number one, there are strongholds which must be overthrown. Number two, there's a Savior who must be obeyed. Real quickly, three things. Number one, he is the captain. Would you look back at chapter number five? He is the captain. Chapter 5, verse 13, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said to him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? Notice he he doesn't answer that question. He does say nay. And he said nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? And Joshua fell on his face to the earth, and did worship, and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the, Lord's host, captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Hey, it's not about, are you on my side or the adversary's side? What it's about is, are you going to be submissive and obedient to me? Are you going to be holy in your life? Hey, Joshua, take your shoes off. The place where you're standing is holy ground. Because you're in the presence of Almighty God. He is the captain. Secondly, He gives the commands. There's a Savior who must be obeyed. He is the captain. He gives the commands. Look again. We already read verses 3 through 5. We know the command that He gives six days in a row. Once a day, you're going to march around the walls of Jericho. No sound the seventh day you're going to march around seven times. And after the seventh time, what's going to happen in verse number 5, and it shall come to pass when they make he said you're going to compass, you're going to walk in circles. Once for six days, seven times on the seventh day, you're just going to walk in circles. And then in verse number 5 he said, but at the end of that seventh time on the seventh day, That when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. By the way, don't you think there's a lot of stuff pent up? Lord, we can't talk at all. That's like telling a five-year-old that he can't talk. He just wants to talk then, doesn't he? We can't talk. No. He said, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight. Before him, he is the captain. He gives the commands. They may seem peculiar. However, they are precise and they bear his presence. What, what, what went with those that marched around the city those seven days? The ark. It's a picture of the presence of God. Look, the commands may seem peculiar sometimes. But they are precise, and they bear His presence. By the way, in First Peter, doesn't God call us to be a peculiar people? Absolutely. They may seem peculiar, but they are precise. You see, God doesn't leave us here just. Oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. No, He gives us commands, and they're precise, and they come with His presence. He is the captain. He gives the commands. Thirdly, we must very simply compass. We must compass. We must walk. We must circle. We must just simply obey. Sometimes, not all the time is it circles, but in this case, God is leading His people in circles. What did they do? They obeyed. Joshua, the great tactician, the military strategist, God, this doesn't sound right. This doesn't sound normal. This isn't how we normally win battles. We must compass. There is no limit to God's power. And there is no limit to what He will do in honor of our faith in His Word. Hebrews 11.30 again, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after after they were compassed about seven days. After they were compassed about seven days. Well, Lord, if you'll do this for me and, and if, you'll, if, you'll, if, if you'll give me a nice family and give me a good home and give me a wonderful place to live and, and, and give me all of this, th- then I'll serve you. That's not how it works. God says, You trust me first, you obey me first. We're, we're we're not going to go back and look at it, but when they crossed the Jordan River here in the book of Joshua, what did they do? The, the priests put their feet in the water first, and then the waters divided. It was like, okay, Lord, if, if you'll go ahead and divide the Jordan, we'll walk through. No, 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 the priests were to put their feet in first, and then the Jordan divided. He is the captain. He gives the commands. And we must compass. Even if it seems like we're walking in circles sometimes, if we're obeying Him, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Number three. Number one, there are strongholds which must be overthrown. Number two, there's a Savior who must be obeyed. And then number three. Now, by the way, uh, look at verse number six. We didn't even read it. Let's read it. Verse 6. And Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said unto them, Take up the ark of the covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said unto the people, Pass on and compass the city. And let him that is armed pass on before the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass when Joshua had spoken unto the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns passed on before the Lord and blew with the trumpets. And the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. And the armed men went before the priests that blew with the trumpets. And the rearward came after the... That's a hard word to say, isn't it? After the the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And Joshua had commanded the people saying, You shall not shout... Nor make any noise with your voice neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day that I bid you shout then shall ye shout so the ark of the Lord compassed the city going about it once and they came into the camp and lodged in the camp and Joshua rose early in the morning the priest took up the ark of the Lord and seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram excuse me ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpets and the armed men went before them but the rearward came after the ark of the Lord the priest going on and blowing with the trumpets and the second day they compassed the city once and returned into the camp so they did six days never despise the day of small things seem like I do the same thing every day if it's what God wants you to do and if you're being obedient to God then do it then do it Uh, where am I at? verse 15 and it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times only on that day they compassed the city seven times and it came to pass, at the seventh time, when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, "'Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city, and the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. And ye, in any wise, keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed. when ye take up the accursed thing, and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord.' They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Verse 20. So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down, what's the word there? Flat. By the way, it says the same thing in verse 5. God said, this is what's going to happen. The walls are going to fall flat. He says it in verse 5. Verse 20, it happens that the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. So there's a Savior who must be obeyed. He is the captain. He gives the commands. We must compass. There are strongholds which must be overthrown. There's a Savior who must be obeyed. Then, thirdly, there is success which will be obtained. There is success, and by the way, I'll say this, supernatural success. There is success which will be obtained. Drop back if you would. You know the verse. Would you look back at Joshua chapter one, verse number eight? Joshua one, verse number eight. The Bible says, this, "Excuse me, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, when we do what, when we observe to do, hey, not when we just." study it, and read it, not when we just meditate on it, but when we observe, when we submit to it, when we observe to do it, that's when the success comes. Not when we just hear it. Look, look. the people heard the message from God. Joshua gave them the message from God. And they had the free will to do it or not. Joshua said, look, this is what we're going to do. Six days, we're going to go around once. am not going to say anything. The seventh day, we're going to go around seven. On the seventh time, when we're done, the, the, the trumpets are going to blow. We're going to shout. That's what we're going to do. And the Bible says, by faith, they did that. They heard it. And I guarantee you, for those seven days, they're meditating on it. Here we go. We're going around the city again. Can you imagine? I'm just, imagine, the Bible doesn't say, but can you imagine people on top of the city walls of Jericho? The enemy, the people inside of Jericho, probably shouting, shouting obscenities and how crazy they are, trying to get them to talk, trying to get them to respond to them. They're just walking. By the way, there's a great truth there. And when you're doing God's work, don't listen to the naysayers don't listen to the criticizers. Just keep doing what God says. When the family comes and says, I I can't believe you're training your kids that way. I can't believe you teach them that. I can't believe you do that or I can't believe you do that. Just keep circling. Just keep circling. That's when the success will come. There's success which will be Obtained. Look at Joshua six again. Verse number twenty one. And they utterly and they utterly what's the word there? Destroyed. All that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and ass with the edge of the sword. But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, go into the harlot's house and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath, as ye swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had. They brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. And they burnt the city with fire and all that was therein. Only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and of iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Joshua adjured them at that time, saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord that riseth up and buildeth this city Jericho. He shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn, and in his youngest son shall he set up the gates of it. By the way, that happened in First Kings chapter 16. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was noised throughout all the country. There is supernatural success which will be obtained. Three things. Jericho was destroyed, Rahab was delivered, and the spoils were dedicated. Jericho was destroyed, Rahab was delivered, and the spoils, the silver, the gold, and the vessels were dedicated to the Lord. They weren't taken, or well, most of them weren't taken, right? We find out in the next chapter that someone did take, right? They had sin in the camp that had to be dealt with, right? You'll never succeed with sin in the camp. We can believe it or not, but the Bible teaches it. If we coddle and harbor sin, God will never give success. Chapter number 7, Achan takes of the accursed thing. He hides it in his tent. They go up to Ai, a little bitty city, nothing like Jericho, and they lose, don't they? Because there was sin in the camp. There's supernatural success which will be obtained. Not maybe. Not maybe. Will be. God told Joshua in verse number 2, I have given into your hand Jericho. It's there. Take it. I have given into your hand the king. I have given into your hand the mighty men of valor. If you'll go do what I told you to do. If you'll go do it exactly the way I said to do it. There's strongholds which must be overthrown. There's a Savior who must be obeyed. We just have a problem with that second one, don't we? There's a Savior who must be obeyed. And when we do, there's supernatural success which will be obtained. So what is it tonight? Feel like God's moving you in circles? Okay, first of all, find out, is it really God? Or am I moving myself in circles? Because sometimes we're like a dog chasing its tail, right? And our head's dizzy, isn't it? That's our own fault sometimes. But you know, sometimes God is leading us. We don't know what He's doing or how He's doing it or how He's working. But as best we know, we're right with God. We're on that perfect path we talked about Sunday. That perfect path where His strength is supreme. Okay, if if you're on that, then just keep compassing. Just keep circling. So what do you do when God leads you in circles? You keep circling. What do you do when God leads you in circles? You keep circling. You keep trusting. I don't have to understand it, but I do have to trust it. I don't have to understand it, but I do have to obey it because that's where the success comes Father, thank You for Your Word tonight. Help us. Lord, help us to never forget that there are strongholds, there are giants, there are enemies, there are adversaries that we must engage. Ephesians 6 tells us that. But Father, we're thankful tonight that we have a Savior who we can obey because His commands are authoritative. His commands are perfect. His way is perfect. And we just need to trust Him. And when we do, that's when the supernatural success comes. And so, Lord, I don't know hearts tonight. I don't know what everyone may be dealing with tonight. But there may be someone tonight who, as best they know, they're right with you. They're doing what's right. They're obeying your word, but they feel like they're walking in circles. Father, just help them to keep trusting you. Help them to keep, keep obeying you. Father, help them to understand tonight that they don't have to explain it all. They don't have to figure it all out. They can just trust. Nowhere does it tell us that Joshua tried to figure it all out. He just said, Yes, sir, and he went. Lord, help us to do that tonight. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask Ms. Joe to come to the piano tonight and we'll ask us to stand to our feet if we're physically able. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Maybe the Lord's worked in your heart tonight. Maybe not. But what do we do when God leads us in circles? That's exactly what He did with the nation of Israel. They compassed, they compassed, they compassed. They were walking in circles. So what did they do? They just kept walking. And they kept trusting. If that's you tonight, if that's how you're feeling tonight, first of all, let's find out, am I right with the Lord? Am I on that perfect path? And if I am then let's just keep trusting tonight. Let's just keep walking. Let's keep serving. Let's keep circling until He shows us the victory. Because there is supernatural success that will come when we're obedient to the Savior. Miss Joe's plan, if you need to come, maybe you just need to come and pray and kneel around the front pew or maybe around the platform or maybe just right where you're at. What do we do when God leads us in circles? We keep circling. We keep obeying. We keep trusting. Because as we said Sunday morning, His path is perfect and His strength is supreme. His path is perfect. His strength is supreme. And it's faith that moves us forward. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. His path is perfect. God had led them right there to the Red Sea. It was God's path. His strength is supreme. And it was their faith that moved them forward. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Is there a stronghold tonight? It seems like you can't overthrow. What's the answer, Pastor? Here's the answer. Get in your your Bible and obey it. Again, we want a magic wand, but that's not how it works. Get in your Bible, study it, do the hard work, and obey it. That's how the strongholds are overthrown. Obedience to the captain and his commands. And success is sure to follow. But this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night. For then, he says, thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And what? And have good success. Hey, we're going to pray and be dismissed. I'm going to ask Brother Mac Bain to pray for us, but I do want to encourage you to to stay and pray. Uh, It's uh, just a couple minutes after 8, so we're, we're, we're okay. So let's pray. We'll be dismissed. Please do stay and pray and lift up these requests to the Lord tonight. Brother Mac, you dismiss us, please, sir.